YouTube, what's going on, man? Clutch Talk community, Clutch Talk family. Today's video is going to be a little bit different. We are going to be talking about the bio-market candidates. Some of these players already got bought out, but some of these players are potential buyouts, meaning there's a good chance they do get bought out, and they're just really just waiting on the organization and them to agree upon that. Now, I came up with at least 10 players on the list, me and John. I think we have similar players. Um, pretty much how it's going to go is we're going to describe how the, you know, we're going to put the stats out for each player, right? And then we're going to, at the end, we're going to predict um, a team that we can see these players going to help them in the long run. Because at the end of the day, the buyout market is for contenders, just adding a couple more pieces to make the move, right? So hopefully y'all enjoyed today's video. Make sure you drop that um, sub and notifications and um, let's get straight to it. Get straight to it, my boy. Listen, we're gonna start off with number one. I think this one's obvious. Russell Westbrook, right? Um, Russell Westbrook got traded to the Utah Jazz in that three-team trade, and there, it, it, his thing is very interesting because Danny Ainge kind of came out and said he doesn't mind staying here. Um, but at the end of the day, it's his decision. But I just don't see I don't see Russ staying in Utah because of all the incidents that he dealt with when he called against that team in the playoffs when he was. He was on the Thunder. You know, it was a, it was bad interactions with the fans and stuff like that. And also, they're just not a playoff team. Like, why does he want to go to a non-playoff team? <clears throat> Especially the point of his career. But Russell Westbrook averaged about 16 points a game this year, shooting about 41.7% for the field, 29.6% from the three-point line, which is not the greatest. It's pretty bad. 6.2 rebounds, 7.5 assists, averaging the steal a game, and averaging about 3.5 turnovers a game. Now, for a player that's coming off the bench, close to averaging triple-double, I say that's pretty productive. I mean, in the starting lineup, he played horrible for the Lakers, but when he went to the bench, he played a lot better. Now, I'm going to say this, right? Russell Westbrook has his pros and he has his cons. And at the end of the day, this is the bio market, so you can't be picky, John, right? It, these players, there's the reason why they're getting bought now because they're, they can't really stay on the team right now. The teams just don't want them. So you can't be like, oh, I don't want him because of this or that. Da, da, da. If you're getting picked up, is because – that's something you need help on. Like, that's something you, you feel like the team's missing on. So, Russ, at the end of the day, I feel like he brings that leadership 100%. He's a very great teammate. He can still ball. He can still produce some good numbers. Yes, he does have some bad nights. But like I said, you can't be picky with it. And I feel like a good destination for him would be the Miami Heat. Kyle Lowry's dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, it's getting very toxic over there. Gabe Vincent is the only guard that's really backing him up. So, either Russ comes off the bench, Vincent starts, or Russ starts, or Vincent comes off the bench. And I think it helps that unit out a lot. I'm um, also too. We all know Russ is good in transition. Um, not how he was before in OKC when he was at OKC, but he's still good in transition. I mean, he's gonna have his players running 110. Anybody that plays with uh, Russell Westbrook, one thing about Russ, he's gonna go 110. Even if he's playing bad, he's playing excellent. He's playing mid. He's always gonna go 110. As soon as he gets that rebound, he wants his teammates running to the three-point line, cutting to the rim and stuff like that. So it can help out a lot of players that can't create their own shot, John. It can help out a lot of players that, you know, typically don't really get the ball much on the half-court end, right? I know Russ tends to struggle on the half-court end, um, but he can also – the defense, at the end of the day, is still going to play Russ. Only time they really don't play him is when he's at the three-point line. But when he's attacking to the rim, there's going to be five people there, no matter what, right? He can kick out. Russ is very good with known – with people that's shooters, spot up, kick out, bang, knock it down. And that's how Russ plays. And I think you got Tyler Hero over there. You got Max Struess over there when Duncan comes back. So I think it'll be a solid fit over there. But, yeah. 
Yeah, my boy, uh, I definitely like to hear that, you know, that side of the, of the Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, buyout argument side debate. I actually am leaning a little bit more on the other side. I'm coming from a different approach. So I, I like that you bring, you know, you, the, the listeners are going to get two sides of the of the argument, two sides of the field here. And I did, you know, I did hear those rumors that Russ Westbrook is staying open to staying in uh, in Utah, which I think you will, you know, would be would would be solid, I guess, for him. But like just like how you mentioned, uh, because of his of his, of his history and of what we know of Utah, <laughs> I mean, we, we know that Utah and Boston are two, you know, almost racist places, to be honest with you. And Russ has always had uh, had troubles there. But honestly, let's let, let's just be honest about Russell Westbrook, right? He is at his best when he can lead, when he can do what he wants and the, the team is orchestrated and built around him. The problem is that the type of basketball that he plays, the type of basketball that he wants to play is just not winning basketball. It does not win basketball games enough to be enough to be a, a NBA finals, right? NBA finals champ or NBA champion. Uh, Russ Westbrook's playing right now is just simply maybe at the at its best. Be, being regular season champions, right? And I think he's, he's, he's well past that, right? So if, Russ, if Russell Westbrook, if he can understand and accept his role, understand that he's just not the same player that he, that he used to be anymore and accept his role in coming off the bench, because I generally think that like any team that he goes to right now, he would most likely be coming off the bench because I just don't know too many NBA teams and too many NBA front, front office and organizations that are willing to say, here you go, Russell Westbrook. You're 34 years old. You're well past your prime. And here you go. I'm going to give you the keys instead of giving the keys to a young and a 23, 24-year-old who may not be as good as Russell Westbrook is to this day, but they may have, you know, a lot better, uh, a lot better ceiling. So if Russell Westbrook can, you know, understand his role at coming off the bench and he's just not that guy anymore, he's not going to get those big-time contracts, then there might be some teams out there who can, uh, who, who can you know, use Russell Westbrook and, That'd be that'd be great for them. You mentioned the number one team, which I think is the Miami Heat. But let me add my but: if he cannot understand this role, if he's still going to be arguing about playing time, if he's still going to be com- complaining and wanting to spotlight and wanting to finish games and wanting to start and all this and that and all the glitz and the glamour, look, I know this may sound crazy, but I would not doubt if Russell Westbrook is out of the NBA. If he cannot accept his role, I would not doubt if he's out of the NBA. The same thing that happened to Carmelo Anthony is going to happen to Russell Westbrook if he can't accept that role. But if he can, then I do think that there are, you know, some teams out there that could uh, be a benefit of having him, but not many, not many. And I think the Miami Heat definitely got to be front runners. Uh, so I'm just all, all, all in all agreements with you on there. But I definitely just wanted to add that uh, Russ could be out the league if he can't accept this role. I ain't gonna lie, I, I I totally disagree with you. And that's not just me being a biased Russell Westbrook fan. When you compare him to Carmelo Anthony, right? Carmelo Anthony's part of his career is good at nothing. You're telling me right now that Russ is he's not good at nothing. The only thing he could provide is shooting right now. And obviously, no teams even want that at this point. Russell Westbrook, honestly, was probably one of the best defenders on the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's see, let's get that straight. He was one of their best defenders. No one played, no one let's, who who played defense on that team. Patrick Bailey got torched. I mean, if you're gonna say he's the best defender, I mean, you can go with that. LeBron don't play defense. Anthony Davis, I mean. You could put him in the conversation, doesn't play enough games. But that's not the point. The point I'm trying to get at, right, Carmelo Anthony can't do nothing else at all in his career. Russell Westbrook still at this point makes players better around him. Look what he does to a lot of these role players coming off the bench. He made Gabriel look like a a, a talented role player, look like Thomas Bryant, a, a talented role player. Now he's up and gone. I just want to throw this out here too, right? 
I know it's only one game. They only play one game together. But look at Anthony Davis and Jalen Russell. I know it takes time, but Anthony, uh, Anthony Davis does not get easy buckets like he used to, like with Russell Westbrook no more. It's sad. Anthony Davis, even though he has been struggling a little bit, so I, I don't get why he's struggling. That's not the point of it, the video. But Russell Westbrook makes it easier for a lot of people and provides a lot of different stuff. Russell Westbrook could have still tacked the rim. He's still putting numbers up that. He could still put up 30 points a game, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. He just not asked for that. But I do agree upon on the part that he's he got to accept his role. And I truthfully think he did accept his role, though, John. I just feel like Lakers, what kicked him out was the Lakers fan base. And it was never it was never Lakers. It was never LeBron. It was never AD. Right. I, they, they are close. I don't think they're like, yo, get Russ up out of here. They're saying fix their roster, which may could throw a sign, I guess. But I don't think they said this can't work out. Maybe you think in their head, John. I truly don't think they. I, I, I truly don't, don't think they did. I don't think they did, but I do know for a fact that LeBron understood this was not a fit. This was not going to work. So he may have not said, "Yo, get Russell out of here," but he said, "Fix this roster." And part of fixing the roster is getting Russell Westbrook out of the team. You know something too, and I and I want to bring this up, right? And I don't want to make this a rush show, but I want to say something. A lot of people say, "Let Russ be Russ." So coming mm-hmm. into your team, let 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 me say something, right? Coming into your team, you already know how Russ has been throughout his career, right? You already know how it is, right? So Paul George example said, you just got to let let Russ be Russ, and we got to find a way to play with it, right? LeBron said the same thing, let Russ be Russ. AD says the same thing, let Russ be Russ, right? And I can't tell you one time where they sacrificed. Russ sacrificed coming off the bench. I can't tell you. No, no, you can't. Because I, I can, all, I can tell you a lot of times where I can tell you a lot of times where LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers, sh- or LeBron James or Anthony Davis should have had the ball, and it, the ball was in Russell Westbrook's hand at the end. That right there is a sacrifice. Bro, I'm a, Russell Westbrook. How's that? How's that? Let's be honest with you. It's no sacrifice because at the end of the day, right? Hold up, John. Let me tell you something. Right? Those games. Fun fact. Those games they give the ball to Russ. You know why they give the ball to Russ? Because LeBron's gassed out. Every, yo, if you notice, LeBron's gassed out majority of the time heading into that fourth. End of the fourth quarter, LeBron's gassed out. You know why? Because they're coming down 20 points. And LeBron makes that big, big run. And then um, give the ball to Russ. You can't really give the ball to AD as a clutch player because, like, they're just going to double him. And what do you want? What do you really want him to do? AD's not the same guy where he was in the bubble where he gets the ball at the half um, – the free throw line hits him with a jab or shoot the he, he doesn't have that in him no more. It's just it's true for the matter. He doesn't have that, right? So you give the ball to Russ as your third option, as he should, right? He, he's the third best player on the team. For you want to say that right now. But what I'm trying to get at, right? Playing with Rush, you had to have shooters. And, and I blame the organization for that, right? They brought no shooters around them. LeBron's not known as a shooter. AD's not known as a shooter. And then you have Patrick Beverly and Troy Brown around them. Russ is going to struggle no matter what. Whatever team that he goes to, he does not have shooters. He's going to struggle. And you get, you know that, John. I agree, but, the, but, but, but that's, not, that's not the message. The message is LeBron doesn't have shooters around him. This team was never supposed to be built around Russell Westbrook. He was a piece that was coming in to be built around LeBron okay. James. So and why the thing is, Le- he's just not a good piece to be built around LeBron. So why, okay, so why did LeBron say bring Russ in? So they you thought, could say they thought they thought that was going to work. And but um, let, let, let's be real, T. We all knew this team was being built off LeBron and A.D. Everyone else are complimentary pieces. They never were like, oh, yeah, we're going to build this team off Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. And, and to be honest with you, it's crazy to say even Lakers fans say this. I'm going to get a lot of hate. The team right now. 
should be built off Russ. You let you let LeBron do him and do this and like that. But if you're gonna trade, but hold up, because this is why the Lakers fans were complaining. You this big contract, da, 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 $47 million coming off the bench. He's playing bad basketball. I agree. He does play a, a lot of dumb basketball, right? But you already know what you're gonna get for LeBron. Now you gotta you're adding another player like Russell Westbrook, who you know you watched Russell Westbrook play throughout his career. Every, don't be surprised like when Russ does this. He did it his whole career. Why are you surprised that he's on duty on the Lakers now? That's the only point I don't like. It's like you knew what Russ did his whole career. But now that he's on the Lakers, now he's on your favorite team, a, a public team. He gets criticized like crazy. But right? yeah, you that, but you got to be able to change your game. You, you you this is not Oklahoma City. The second best player yeah, isn't but Victor yo, Oladipo. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying you're not. You're just simply you're not the best. When you're not the best player anymore, you have to be able to understand that, internalize that, and play because winning is all that matters. Not you getting your stats. Not you leading the league in triple doubles. That doesn't really matter if you're not winning. So, why, why why does it matter? So him coming off the bench wasn't a sacrifice. That was a huge sacrifice, that was right? A huge, that was a huge so he, sacrifice. So exactly. I agree. He didn't – yo, one thing about Russ, this is the narrative about Russ. He didn't say complain. That's what people say about – these reports make him look bad. Stop it. Them calling him a vampire in the locker room. That, bro, that was out of pocket. You know that was out of pocket. But, the, but No, but like – but no matter what – hold up, right? No matter what, he's going to get criticized no matter what. But everybody – after everything, right – Every teammate comes out. He's a good locker room. He doesn't – this is all false narrative where people just like to throw out there. We're not in the locker room. We don't know nothing. So how are you going to say this and that, but you don't know nothing? My reports, my reports this. Those reports can come from a, a, a dude that don't like Russell Westbrook. So they're going to throw them bad narratives out there, right? I know Russ on the court has an attitude problem. I don't want to say an attitude problem, but he just has one of those things where it's like he wants to win and – his face is crazy. Like, doesn't he look always mad? His face yeah. is like always like, yeah, but, yeah. He 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 got that dog in him. But 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 at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I, I just want to say this before we go to our next thing, right? I I, I like to say, Danzo Russell. I'm not comparing them right now, right? That's never mind. That, that has nothing to do with the point. We can talk about a video further on to that. But my second bio is Patrick Beverly, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you get to that, let me just say one yeah. last thing with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he he may have a little, he may have more to offer than Carmelo Anthony did because Carmelo Anthony just had scoring. Carmelo Anthony is a, an elite scorer. But name name me right now a team yeah. in the NBA that will take Russell Westbrook and replace him with a starter, or even if he comes off the bench, they actually become a better team or they actually get in title contention. Russell Westbrook Los- at thirty four at thirty four. Yeah. Los Angeles Clippers. No, no, that you don't, don't, that, no. that doesn't fit. I, they have a gang of point guards. Hold on, hold on. Did the hold exact on. Let me same say something. Thing. Hold on, let me say something. One, they don't have a gang of point guards. They trade. They shipped off all the point guards. They have no point guards on their roster right Bones now. Highlands only, is, Bones Highlands is a point guard. You said what? Bones Bones Highlands is going to run the point guard. So, so hold on, hold on. So you're telling me a Bones Highlands is going to be running their point? I don't think Bones Highlands is even their starter. I, I think he's a six man. He's not starting off their team, right? So they lost Reggie Jackson. They, the problem was the Clippers. They never had a true point guard. They lost Reggie Jackson. They lost John Wall. They, they, their problem is they've been looking for a point guard, but they can't find it, right? And so Bones Highland is going to be that sixth man. I don't see him being their starter at all, to be honest with you, right? And the reason why I say he's a great fit is if you look at the Clippers, you know what they're surrounded with? Not only superstars, we don't care about that, but they have shooting all over the court. And that's what Paul George was saying is like, it fits his needs. When Russ is driving to the rim, who can he kick it out to? He has Nicholas Latoon. He has Norman Powell over here. They have a bunch of shooters everywhere. You know what I'm saying? 
So it just fits perfect on him. That's why I say the Clippers. Um, when it comes to the stagnant lineups of how the big three is going to work together, of Kawhi and Paul George, now that's a question mark. But at the end of the day, right, this is why it comes up with coaching. And Russ needs to be coached by elite coach. And I think Ty Lue is one of those coaches. Darvin Ham is, t- is a terrible coach. So let's get that. So it, it plays a lot of factors in his career. I do want to say this. Russ has to play into his role. And it's hard, John, right? Just think of this. You being your boss right now, and it's like, you know, like, your time's coming to win, but you know people like you see other people coming in. You get it? So it's hard as an NBA player. So I don't blame him, but he has to do it. But it's hard. We all know it's hard. No one wants to step down when you know you was that guy. I agree. I agree. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's hard. But I agree on your point of the sake. Like he does have to, he has to do what it has to do. But in my opinion, John, I don't think he really wants to win a championship. I'm going to be honest with you. But see, that's the problem. That's the problem right there because <laughs> the entire goal is to win a championship, in my opinion. If you're not playing to win, what are you doing? Well, I mean, for some players in the NBA, for some players, though. No. For, uh, I, okay. I, I, yeah, I, I agree. You know, get a bag, take care of your family, generational wealth, you know, do I, by, by all means. But right here, we're just talking about in between the lines. We're talking about basketball. And just like how Kobe said, winning is all that matters. Like, that's all that matters. And at the end of the day, the ultimate winning and the only way to not get denied. And I'll even say this, man, like, a lot of a lot of people that know me in, in real life know that, you know, I live in the Bay. So unfortunately, I got to hear Warriors fans all the time talking, talking, talking. And I, I always clap back. You know what I'm saying? I always have my clap backs. So I always go back and forth. But I never clap back after they won a championship. Because what can I say? I can't say anything. They are officially until somebody else wins a championship. They're officially the best team in the best league in the world. And so winning winning matters and winning shuts people up. So I think that if Russ Westbrook wants to shut up everybody, should go win. I, I'm going to be honest with you, John. I don't think a win does nothing for him. He's always going to get hate no matter what. A, a, ring, a, ring, a ring will help it, though. A ring will definitely help it. It will, it will, it will close some arguments, but it, it, it wouldn't close the fact that if he does something bad, he gets millions and millions of views and millions of retweets and millions of narratives and he's a bad teammate and this and that. That's never going to change. Him, That's not just him. So does LeBron. Stop it. So does, so does Yo, stop it. Yo, you know, you know what's crazy? I, example, I just seen D'Angelo Russell airball his first shot on the Lakers, right? Where is it? No one's talking about it. You're, now, now, now you're no, comparing. No, 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 no. No, 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 I'm not. Because it, 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 it should be the same thing, right? Russell Westbrook airballed so many threes on the Los Angeles Lakers, John. What was the first thing I go on Twitter? Hoop Central. Oh, my goodness. Russell Westbrook just airballed a free throw. Oh, Brother, my goodness. He just airballed a shot. Because of what? Because of what? You know it exactly. We know. We talk about what the famous the famous people, the people that is clickbait, the people that is going to bring views, eyes. Bro, let's be honest. Russell Westbrook is a bigger household name than D'Angelo Russell. Seven days out of seven, ten times out of ten. People are going to talk about that because they want people coming to their page. Of course. You know what I'm saying? They just, that's clickbait. And they're getting you clearly. Technically, it's not clickbait because he Russell did it. It's not clickbait. Yeah, he, right. if he right. did it, it's right. not clickbait. You're right. You're all right? You're so, right. I'm not going to lie. You're but, right. But, but, there's, but there's no need to do all that. They're trying to make him as a bad person. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to agenda that. That's all I don't like, bro. I mean, some people got an agenda. So, hey, look, man. I mean, some people, LeBron, LeBron just is on this, just became the great, the leading scorer of all time. People still find a way to hate on. That's how it is. Some people just hate. They hate for a living. But, okay, we spent a lot of time in that Russell Westbrook. But talk to me about Patrick Beverly. So, Patrick Beverly, 
it's funny that these two guards just got traded and they're going to get bought out. And these two guards statistically probably played one of their worst seasons. And it's not a coincidence that you play terrible when you're on the Lakers. It's just not a coincidence. It's not. I mean, Patrick Beverly literally, uh, Patrick Beverly literally just played his best basketball the year before this. That's why they traded for him on the Minnesota Timberwolves. He he said Patrick Beverly said I never missed the playoffs and I'm gonna make the playoffs this year. What did he do? He made the playoffs with that Minnesota Timberwolves team. Right? He played his best year ever. Then he gets traded to the Los Angeles Lakers, and he played probably – he started to play better at the end, let's be honest with you. He started shooting a little bit better. But at the beginning of the year, he's probably one of the worst players in the NBA, right? It's, it, it, it's just – but this year, there's about six points a game, 40% from the field, 35% from the three-point line, about 3.1 rebounds, 2.6 assists. I'll just average out to a steal a game in about um, up there. But I think Patrick Beverly could help out a lot of teams. I see him going back to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Obviously, he loved it over there. I think it was sad when he tweeted out when Russell got traded to the um, Lakers. He said, gang is dead. <laughs> and then what happens two seconds later, he said, yeah, gang ain't here no more. Just shipped off. So I think it's unfortunate, but I definitely see him going back to Minnesota. I think I think it's a great fit. I um, think he just plays his role over there. I think he does exactly what he does, what he did last year to this season. But it's his second year. Already has a, He already has a chemistry because he played with these players already, right? They may have a new couple players over there, Kyle Anderson, but that's fine. Majority of the team is still there. The same coaching staff still there. Everything's still there. I think it's a, he, he likes being over there. Um, obviously, he doesn't have Russell no more, but that means more opportunity for him. And um, because Mike Collins, gonna be, uh, Mike Collins, there's new starting point guard, which I'm not a big fan of, I guess. It, it is what it is. Um, but Beverly's going to be playing a lot, a lot more opportunity, meaning more opportunity is more money. And that's what Patrick Beverly, point of his career right now, and that's all he really wants. So I see him going back to Minnesota. Man, I, I, I think that too. I have it right here. As a matter of fact, in my notes, I think he's going back to Minnesota. But I think another team that he would be great for, I'm not going to lie, is the Grizzlies, he could he could come off the bench and, you know, kind of do a little bit of what Anthony Melton was doing when he was coming off the bench for the Grizzlies, man. So just coming off the bench, you know, being a menace, having that energy on the on the defensive end and uh, being able to knock down some shots when it comes your way. But um, but I think, you know, for playing the odds, I think it's definitely going to the, uh, the Timberwolves. Yeah, 100 percent. Um, another person on the list, I have John Wall. Now, this is funny, and I'm sorry I keep bringing up Russell Westbrook, but I remember there was a time where it's like Lakers. We need – I'd rather have John Wall over Russell Westbrook. Yeah, John Wall, if you want to talk about washed-up players and the career is over, John Wall's career is over. Like, that's the only thing is when people say Russell Westbrook's career is over and then they throw John Wall in the same picture. Let's be honest with you. John Wall is horrible. He is not a basketball player no more. John, he shoots 40% from the field, which is absolutely – Terrible, right? But not only does he shoot 40% from the field, he shoots 30% from the three-point line. And, you know, it's low-key, low-key, similar stats to Russell Westbrook field goal percentage and thing because we all know Russ is not a great shooter. But when it comes to other stuff that he does on the court, he doesn't impact nothing. He doesn't help on the rebound count, which, fine, most guards don't, right? Most guards are not typically like Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons and stuff like that, just like guards that get the rebound, go, right? Playmaking, playmaking. He doesn't help. He doesn't make his teammates better. Um, he turns the ball over frequently. He, he's just a negative impact. He's negative. And that's why the Clippers gave up on him so quick. There's a reason why the Clippers couldn't even trade him. No one wants him. And no one wants that big contract. And it's funny because I actually would have loved John Wall to go to the Lakers because if he would have went to the Lakers, he would have got so much hate. And I would have just been laughing because y'all wanted him over Russell Westbrook. I'm just saying. But he, John, he's averaging 11 and a half points. Russell Westbrook's worst season, he's never even averaging that. 
Come on, man. 40% for the field. Like, like I said, he, he's just not a good basketball player no more. I don't I didn't even put a team on him. I just put China. <laughs> you crazy. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, John Wall's definitely fall, falling off. But um uh yeah, hey, that, that field goal percentage, Russell Westbrook only is one percent better than him. So two percent better, two percent better, forty one point seven. 41.7, John, to be exact. We're going to round that up to 42%. But like I said, that's why I said they, they have a near field goal percentage. Um, but Russ does a lot more things to help his team win. John Wall does absolutely – that's what stands out, right? Yeah. I'll give it to you. No, I, I definitely do. John Wall definitely does not do as much as Russell Westbrook does on the court. Um, and, and look, John Wall, yeah, he's just been bad, just hasn't been the same. But I, th- I think a team that could definitely take a chance on him only because uh, they could get him for cheap, and this would be very low risk, high reward. That's the Milwaukee Bucks, man. Look, he doesn't have to play much. He can come in and you know d- deep in the playoffs if they need some rotational minutes. More than anything, he's a vet, man. He's a 13 year vet. He's a five time All Star. Whether he's the same player or not in, in, anymore, that's that's you know n- neither here or there. We all know that vets matter on teams come deep playoff times. Uh, you need you need that experience. You need that, um, you know, that, 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 that veteran presence that, that's been there before. That's not, you know, very sh- scared of the moment, um, familiar with the moment. So I think John Wall, 13-year vet, five-time All-Star, he's seen it, seen it all, done it all. Um, I think that John Wall could, uh, could be a use on the Bucks. I'd rather have George Hill over John Wall. I'd rather have Javon Carter over John Wall. John oh, not Javon Carter. I can't do that. Nah, Javon Carter, he, he, listen. The ball-headed bandit. Javon Carter may not be better, but it's a better fit. And that's what Russ was. He wasn't, he's not, James Russell's not better than Russell Westbrook. It's just a better fit. And sometimes it just really just matters on better fits, you know? Absolutely. You got to go to the fit. Go to the yeah. fit. But my next uh, bio is going to be Sergi Baca. Another, uh, I think he's, he's past his time. It's sad because I watched Sergi Baca pretty much my whole career, man. They used to call him Sergi Baca. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They used to call him Sergi Block. He was blocking everything. He had that mid-range on point. Um, he was even stepping out to the three-point line. He was doing his thing, man. Um, but ever since he left Oklahoma City Thunder, his career kind of just went down path. I think it's just because of age, injuries, and stuff like that. Um, he got traded to the Milwaukee Bucks, and I thought it was a good pickup last offseason. I mean, the last trade deadline. I'm like, okay, search to the Bucks, another big body, another space of uh, someone that can space the floor. Didn't really do too much. Didn't didn't crack the rotation this year once again. Only getting about 12 minutes a game, 4.1 points a game, 48% from the field, and 33% from the three-point line. And uh, 2.8 rebounds. He's just not the same person. Um, but I do see someone picking him up, though. I do see because a lot of teams need big bodies now. And I think he might not even be playing. But I think um, when you hit the postseason, you deal with injuries, right? And so when you deal with injuries, you're going to need a replacement that has been in the moment that could do all the stuff that he used to. Like, I, I feel like he could still knock the mid-range down. I don't feel like he's still surgy blocker, but I still feel like it's sometimes it's still in there and he's not going to be playing too, too much. So you're not going to be relying on, I need him to do this. I need him to do that. Da, 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 da. So a team that I could possibly see him on, and maybe I'm just being a little biased because I cover the team is the Miami heat. Once again, they don't really have much. They don't much. They don't have depth at all. I mean, right now they're relying on bam. That's it. Orlando Robinson is hurt. Yurt seven is hurt. And they just released Dwayne dead. So they don't have no bigs on that team at all. They need a big body, at least something on there. So that's why I go with. I mean, I, I mean, I like that. And it's crazy because we're saying all these moves that the Heat need to make and I'm trade deadline. You know, they didn't do anything. So that's, Nothing. That, that's kind of funny. But that's the, you know, the trade deadline winners and losers, which we, we just dropped. So make sure you guys go check that out. Um, but as far as Sergi Baca, 
my boy, I'm right there with you. Unfortunately, he's not the same. Sergi Blocker, he was fun back in the day. Like, yeah. man, like I remember Russ and KD and Hardy used to throw him lobs. He used to be going man. up there, two hand jamming it down. <laughs> yeah, Serge was that guy. Um, but what I think a team that should be, you know, looking for a player like Sergi Block is the 76ers, man. I think in the set, at the trade deadline, the 76ers should have tried to pick up a backup big to Joel Embiid. Uh, Montrezl Harrell just simply isn't enough. He's just he's just small. He's just a smaller big and come playoffs, he's going to get played off the court. Um, so I think, you know, a player, I think a player like Sergi Baca, you know, not to rely on him, like how you said, not like, oh, yo, yo, Doc Rivers is not like, yo, w- w- we don't know what to do. Sergi Baca, like that's like, that's not going to happen. But I think, you know, if Joel Embiid needs some rest, you know, get some spot up minutes for Sergi Baca, who's a vet, you know, I, I, you know, I feel like uh, the buyout market, a, a big thing that makes you want to be grabbed a lot and the team's watching you is if you're a vet if you've been there you know if you if the moment isn't too big for you and Sergi Baca he's been in that moment he's been to the NBA NBA finals in his prime he was able to stick with some guards in the perimeter he led the league multiple times in with block shots um right now it says he's 33 years old but just looking at him he looks older than 33 and- he looks like 50 and Shaq, I'm mean, sorry, now Shaq Perk came out and said, I don't know if you seen him one time, but Perk was talking about like um, how the OKC Thunder, how they were so good when they were they're very young. And he was basically talking about like, oh, forget like, oh, they're, they're young and they can have it next year. He's like, man, go for it. If you have a ch- time for a championship window, go for it. And he was listing off Westbrook's age, Harden's age, uh, KD's age. And he was like, and Sergi Baca was young, but we all know he was like 33 back then. So I'm wondering yeah. how old he is right now because it says he's bro Perkins is Perkins is corny. Per, yeah, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I low key like Perk as, as 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 an analyst. I'm not gonna lie. I low key like Perk, but the other team I think that could also use Sergi Baca, and this is because they totally missed the ball. And this is like the knockoff version of what you really should have. But it's the Mavs. The Mavs need a big, a big body go up with other bigs in the playoffs be able to go body to body surge is not the answer, but you didn't get the answer. So at least get something. Yep. Uh, so my another option is going to be Will Barton. Will Barton's from the Wizards. And they're going to agree upon a buyout very, very soon. Um, ever since he left Denver, and even when he was on Denver, there was sometimes he just played bad, but he went to the Wizards and fell off dramatically. I mean, on Denver, he's averaging 15 points a game, 37% for the three-point line, 45% for the field, John, and 6.3 rebounds. But not only that, right, this season, his points went down in half. His minutes went down. He's getting like 30-plus minutes in Denver because he was a starter, to be fair, right? Uh, the Wizards is getting 19 minutes a game. So he's only averaging about 7.5 points, 38% from the field, which is horrible. That's worse than Russell Westbrook. Let's get that. If you're shooting worse than Russ, you know you're playing bad, right? But the crazy thing is, is that, He's shooting 38% from the three-point line, which is like you're shooting bad from the field with the three-point line. You're lighting it up, you know? Uh, 2.8 rebounds, 2.4 assists, and he's shooting about 78% from the free-throw line. But I feel like he's still going to be an impactful free agent. He's a 6'6 wing who we all know can give you buckets, create his own shot, and do his thing. And wings right now are must. They're a must-need. You need them, right? Um, So a team that I can most definitely see him going to, and I think they're just going to keep piling their team up, is the Phoenix Suns. Um. I think the Phoenix Suns, even though they picked up Terrence Ross, Terrence Ross isn't known as that defender. He's just more known as a shooter. And the other hand of Will Barton, 
Um, he's a better a better defender than Terrence Ross, right? He can give you buckets, he can crash for the rebounds, and could be another spot of shooter. I think the Phoenix Suns want to continue to bolster their bench, even if I believe if they do have a roster spot, and even if they don't, if he doesn't go to the Phoenix Suns, I can see the 76ers. I think the 76ers would be another good option. Um, they picked up Daniel House during the offseason, but hasn't really done much. I can see Will Barton being in the rotation, being an impact player in the playoffs, a deep playoff run with Joel with James Harden, with Tyrese Maxey. And I think you could put him in a closing lineup sometimes because he played with the Denver Nuggets where they were in playoff series and he was knocking some shots down. And yes, there were some times where he's playing some bad basketball because he's a role player at the end of the day. Role players are not always going to play basketball good that, that unless they're a superstar. He ain't that. You know what I'm saying? So either the 76ers or the Phoenix Suns, I see Will Barn going to. I like those two teams, my boy, but that's not where you're going. He going to the La La Land. You're going to the Lakers, man. The Lakers need to keep adding shooters, man. And you just said it yourself. He's been a knockdown shooter this uh, a knockdown shooter this season. Uh, this season shooting 38% from the three. But for his career, for his career, this is the 10-plus year vet, the 35% from the three-point line. That's what the Lakers need. The Lakers don't need somebody to go who to go put the ball on the ground and score, which he can do. But the Lakers just need somebody to, as soon as the defense crashes because they can't guard LeBron, LeBron gets inside. I think it's somebody who can have a knockdown shot. What he did in Denver, and um, it's what I think he can keep doing if uh, he comes to the Lakers. 100%. Uh, and then my last one was going to be uh, Kelly Olenek. Um, this, one, this one, John, is interesting to me because he's on the Utah Jazz right now, but it looks like the direction they're going is like, why do they need him? You know? Um, they just traded pretty much a lot of their players. They gave up Mike Conley, Beasley, and Vanderbilt. So it's like, okay, now what do you want to do off this? But it's interesting that they didn't trade him. And that kind of makes me think they might keep him because they didn't trade him. Because I think you could possibly get a first round. I call me crazy. I think you could possibly get a first round pick out of Kelly Link. The way the trades are now, John, no, bro, Cam Reddish got a first round pick. <laughs> anybody get a first round pick, man. Bro, I'm telling you. Hey, listen, man, if Cam Reddish can get a first round pick, yeah. he can do anything in life. <laughs> But Kelly Olenek's going to be a hot option. He, if he hits the bio market, he's going to be a hot option because, dude, he's averaging 12 points a game, 48% from the field, 40% from the three-point line, five rebounds, 3.3 assists, one steal, and he's 6'11". And you know me, I love stretch bigs that can spread the floor, man. I just love them. I think they're just they're, that's the, the generation we're in. We're not in the generation no more where you're, you're, you're playing like Shaq. You're going, oh, oh, in the paint, you know, just trying to bully people. No, you're going to try to bully me. I'm going to sit at this three-point line. I need your slow self to catch me at the three-point line. I'm going to hit you with the up big. You know what I'm saying? I hit you with the jab because you're too slow. I'm I just, gone. You know what I'm saying? I can, bang. Hey. And, I, yo, me and John, we talking about we're going to play each other in ball, man. I'm going to drop John off so bad. Man, he is guys. Crazy, y'all. Y'all, hey, but, man, hey, let us know in the comment section down below if you want that game recorded when we see each other. <laughs> man, I'm ready for that for sure. But yeah, man, I got Kelly Linux. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not even I'm not even a lot of y'all guys. I just added him to the list right now, so I haven't really came up with a team, but I'll say this though, right? Any contender team right now, a real legit contender team right now, wants him hundred percent. I, I don't Mavs. care what anybody said. Mavs. You could, you go Dallas Mavericks, I'm, uh, and I, I hate going with the teams. Like, I went with Miami twice. I, I hate doing that. So let's just change it up a little bit, right? Let's look at Memphis Grizzlies, right? Mm. And you know why I say Memphis? Because in the playoffs, Steven Adams is unplayable, right? And what did they go in the playoffs? They want Brandon Clark. But if you can go with Kelly Olenek, who can space out the floor, it just makes their offense mm. even more dynamic. Because look, right? John Morant's always attacking to the rim. 
who's in the corner? Kelly. You know? Kelly. Hey, I, I like that. I like that. I like that pick so, a lot. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. But see, the thing is, I can't see Kelly Lennox signing one year, $2 million. You see what I'm saying? You're going to need a little so, more than that. Yeah. You're going to need he, a little more than that. He, he's, he's like a mid-level exception player, personally, in my opinion. Yeah. But that's the end of the list. I do have Stanley Johnson in my list because he just got Bonnell today. Maybe he goes back to the Lakers. Maybe he doesn't. I think he's a solid wing. He's shooting 45% from the three-point line. But I got to see how many three-pointers he has took because that's a little bit too high. <laughs> that's like on some awesome Stephen Curry. Yeah. That's a little too high, brother. Yeah, so that's the end of the video. Um, hope y'all enjoyed it. Um, make sure you subscribe to no post notifications. And um, John, anything else? No, nothing else, my brother. For the family, make sure you get at us. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at Clutch Talk Pod. Uh, get at us over there. Come debate with us. Come talk to us. Interact with us. We got live clips on there. Debate, polls. The, the Discord, whole nine, coming Discord, Discord coming soon. Discord coming soon, man. Discord coming soon. But um, if that's it, then we out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out.